Hundreds of News Hub staff could be staring down the barrel of redundancy in just four months, and the company is not the only one that is shedding staff. News Hub is owned by Warner Brothers, and one of the bosses, Glenn Kine, told Checkpoint it had ring-fenced money for payouts. But at this stage, the plan to get rid of all local news and current affairs shows is exactly that, he says, a plan. It will make a final decision in April. Employment law expert Blair Scotland is from Dundas Law and joins us now. Kia ora, Blair. Hey, they're saying it's a consultation, but is it? And how do you make sure it is a consultation if you're on the sharp end of this? Well, it's you know, it's it's very easy from the outside looking in to think, well, this is you know, by and large, a done deal. I mean, it is ultimately a business decision. The numbers don't lie in this, but the the way the law is written in New Zealand, it requires an employer who's looking to make a decision like this that may have an adverse impact on so many people's ongoing employment to consult with them before the decision is made. So it looks, you know, from the outside that you know the the organisation is going through the right processes, is is trying to uh, at least appear to be looking at this with an open mind, but whether that's whether there is anything that people can you know realistically say to change uh, what has been proposed remains to be seen. And if you were you know a natural born cynic like myself, you might suggest probably not a lot. I'm wondering also when is uh, an employer obliged to tell its people about their plan? I mean, we heard in an interview that we did that the PR company was instructed several weeks before the staff were told. What's the obligation to inform your workers? Yeah, well, it it, it really sort of crystallises at the point that a proposal comes together that's likely to have that adverse impact. And and look, it's 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 hard to know precisely what's gone on. These these processes from experience, take a bit of um, planning, a bit of drafting, there's advice to be sought, there's legal advice, etc. But what may well have been going on, and and, and, and I think there's, there's indications at least coming through, um, the employer may well have been looking to, you know, exhaust every possible alternative option than proposing what it has, you know, looking at other other options, other models, other funding streams, speaking to government, speaking to other um, providers uh, in the industry as to other models that could be adopted. So, um, you know, it, it, you often see employers, before they go to the nuclear option, wanting to, you know, try and exhaust every every other option before they, you know, take the very destabilising um, step of putting a proposal of this magnitude here. So, yeah, it, it, you know, there might be an argument that it, could, it should have been um, started earlier, but you know, it's also from the other side of things, it's it's possible that it was legitimate for them to try everything else first. When you're losing your job, money matters, right? So if we can get a couple of pointers here. June is the date that the company has nominated to flick the switch off. If you are mm-hmm. a staff member, do you have to stay to the bitter end to be entitled to redundancy of any sort? Well, ultimately, the def- the default position is going to be that um, you know if, if your employment agreement provides some redundancy compensation, if the employer makes you redundant, you probably will have to stay through to June. Now, some employers might be prepared to negotiate for earlier exits without losing without losing those entitlements. But the general proposition is, if you if you were to leave before June rolls around. Um, that might be treated as an, a, a resignation and you might miss out on those entitlements. So sometimes those redundancy entitlements are designed to encourage people to stay through to the end. But that sounds a bit rough, Blair, in the sense that if everybody stays until June, you flood the market with a bunch of unemployed journalists, camera people and behind the scenes, you know, 
workers as well. Everybody's looking for a job at the same time. That seems counterintuitive. Yeah, and look, and, and look, you, you sort of you see that sort of that balancing exercise that, in, that the, you know, the individual employees have to take up. Do I jump now and potentially miss out my redundancy compensation, but you know, put myself in a better opportunity to get ongoing employment, or do I, you know, wait till the bitter end? Get the redundancy compensation, but know that the market might have already been flooded beforehand. It's a diff- it's a difficult position and, and and a difficult one to weigh up for all the parties. Got a question here. If you are a contractor, um, and people are saying that there is no redundancy for contractors in some cases where people are losing their jobs, but this question is about if you've worked the same hours for more than a decade, are you actually a contractor or do you have some legal status as a full time employee? Well, yeah. I mean, if, you, if, if you've been a contractor to one organisation for that sort of period of time, it may well indicate that, in fact, you were, um, you, you may have been an employee. The, the test of whether someone's a, con- a contractor on paper, but in reality an employee, requires a weighing up of a number of factors, and the law is evolving quite a bit in, in, in this regard. So, yeah, it, it, there may be a claim there. Is it going to mean that you're going to somehow become entitled to redundancy compensation? No, probably not. Um, it might have an impact, however, on your ability to take a personal grievance, pursue remedies, because employees can do that and, employ- and contractors can't. So what, what, do we ha- what is standard redundancy in New Zealand? Is there such a thing? And how do we compare to other countries? Yeah, well, it's a, that's a it's a great question. Um, the majority of employees in New Zealand don't receive redundancy compensation. We're sort of a little bit of an outlier in the OECD, and that we don't have any sort of mandatory minimum level of redundancy compensation payable to employees who lose their jobs in these circumstances. And that's that was something that the last government was looking at with its um, sort of social insurance scheme as a way of, of getting around that. Now, if if employees have negotiated into their employment agreements redundancy compensation. The standard sort of um, formula that you see is four weeks pay for the first year of completed service and then two weeks pay for each subsequent year of service. So that's that's the sort of standard aspect. We are outliers though in, in the OECD. If you get you know you get retrenched or redundant in Australia, um, you you will have man- mandatory entitlements protected in law. So Blair, you've been around a while. Should we have that here? (laughs) Mandatory entitlements. Do you think that would be fair? It's a a really interesting question. Um, The last government, you know, considered that and they backed away from it because the majority of our employers in this country are small employers. And if all of a sudden, you know, they, they were required to have the cash on hand to, you know, every time that they, they made redundant, um, they may well go bust is the argument that you commonly see. And that's why, you know, even under a Labor government, you, you see that, that sort of mandatory compensation shied away from. But it does it does mean that we are an anomaly. And, you know, at the, at the, perhaps there's an argument that employers over a certain number of employees should have some level of mandatory compensation in their employment agreement. That's sort of, you know, if, we, if we're big enough, if we've got enough resources and money, Maybe we should, um, you know, be required to offer some compensation to people, smaller employers, perhaps be, you know, be left out of that. That might be an option. Good to talk to you, Blair. Thank you for that. That is Blair Scotland, and he's an um, employment expert with Dundas Street Law. There.